Support for WERU health-related programming comes from the Penobscot Bay Press, committed to providing community news and information, publishing three weekly newspapers, the Weekly Packet, Island Advantages, the Castine Patriot, the annual Bay Community Register, the Summer Seasonal Guide, and more. Also on the web at www.penobscotbaypress.com. The time is 9.59 and you are tuned to WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill and streaming online around the world at WERU.org. Healthy Options with your host Cynthia Swan is up next. Good morning. This is Healthy Options, and I'm Cynthia Swan. Our topic today is you and your immune system. And my guest is Dr. Deb Moskowitz. Dr. Deb received her undergraduate degree in biology psychology from Vassar College and her doctorate from National College of Natural Medicine. It's located in Portland, Oregon. The Natural College of Natural Medicine, NCNM, is the oldest accredited naturopathic medical school in North America. Dr. Deb has practiced as a licensed naturopathic doctor in Portland, Oregon since 1994, where she combined private practice with research and consulting for natural products companies, medical laboratories, and integrative wellness centers. She has developed over 30 natural products available in health food stores, pharmacies, and doctor's offices. Dr. Deb is an author and editor of A Women's Health Resource, A Guide to Health and Hormone Balance, as well as numerous lay and professional articles. Dr. Deb utilizes her in-depth understanding <clears throat> excuse me, of human biochemistry to support patient health with herbs, diet, nutrition, physical medicine, and more. Dr. Deb moved to Maine in 2009 with her husband and two children, returning her husband to his New England roots. They enjoy hiking, skiing, climbing, and sailing, as well as spending time on their farm gardening, picking apples, and enjoying the way life should be. Dr. Deb is also in the process of opening an integrative wellness center in Camden, and we'll be talking more about that. Her information is currently at 69 Elm Street at the Wellness Center in Camden and the phone number 230-1131. And if you want to check out the website, it's wellness design, um, wellnessdesignedinc.com, wellnessdesignedinc.com. This will also be a call-in show. We're going to do a little bit of interview um, to speak about the immune system, and then at the half-hour break after that, we will be taking callers, and we'd love to hear from you. So welcome, Dr. Deb. Thank you, Cynthia. Thanks for being here. Um, let, let's dive in. What is the immune system? Ah, well, the immune system is um, the, a system by which our bodies are protected against viruses and bacteria that we are exposed to. Um, it comprises mostly of the white blood cells, but also proteins that circulate throughout our, our um, uh, blood that help protect us against um, essentially foreign invaders, something that the body learns how to recognize as being foreign and, um, and it can mount an attack against it. Um, 
for the immune system, we have uh, basically the white blood cells that are produced by the blood by the bone marrow, but we also have these proteins called a complement system that are that are free floating. Um, they help trigger inflammation when we get a cut. They help um, attract the white blood cells to an area of concern. Um, they uh, help coat invaders so they can be easily gotten rid of by the by the white blood cells. It's it's absolutely amazing what the immune system can do, and we don't fully understand. You know, in its entirety, um, but it's it, it's one of the medical marvels is you know our, is our immune, immune system. system. So when um, when someone does get sick, then is that because they've been in contact with sick people, or they've had these you know these uh, parasites, or they germs? Is that what makes a person get sick? Well, we have two things going on when we get sick. Um, one is exposure. So certainly, the you know, if you're exposed to say a virus, say you know somebody you're close to has a cold, and you know it, the viruses travel through the air and you breathe them in, um, you can get the exposure. Now, whether or not you get sick really depends on how healthy your immune system is and and what your um, you, what your tolerance level. Is so the healthier your immune system is, the more um, resistant you are to actually getting that cold. And we see this in families all the time, where where you know one or more people may always get sick, and and others may you know not so be. So not all immune all. systems are alike. That is true. And um, well, let's let's dive into that. What what differentiate what's the difference you have you know two people in a family or you have two friends you know whatever close contact one's always getting sick always getting a cold you know always down for the count the other one is like you know a, a belgian horse you know they're they're sturdy and they just kind of keep you know going along one foot in front of the other and mm -hmm. pretty steady pretty strong why is that well there are a couple different things well one is that we all have a different genetic makeup and so some you know, genetics are more susceptible. You know, that's just how it is. Um, and the other thing is that we respond differently to different environmental toxins. Um, so environmental toxins may impede the immune system in one person but not another. Uh, and then there's our diet. You know, if we have a better diet that's healthier with more nutrients, um, our immune system is in more peak shape. Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to you know having a poor diet where it's going to um, lack effectiveness, um, and then there's stress. You know, if a person is more stressed, the immune system is is um, depleted. If you don't get enough sleep at night, your immune system is depleted. So the, there are so many different factors that can impact that um, that moment by which you come in contact with the virus or the bacteria, and you either you know, you know, get overwhelmed by it and, and, you know, get sick or your body takes care of it immediately. Okay. So if our immune system could talk to us based on what you just said, what would our immune system say that it, it wants us to do to keep it at peak performance? Well, the, the, Top thing I would think would be to um, eat lots of fruits and vegetables that are. Th th these are the foods that are high in nutrients. Um, our body requires vitamins and minerals in order to be able to to 
have all of its functioning processes work smoothly. Okay, if if you know if we're missing a particular nutrient, for example, if we're low in vitamin C, um, our T cells in our immune system will not work. It, they just plain won't work. Um, so we need to have those nutrients in our body. And our, our body, you know, can store some nutrients, but, but not all of them. For example, when we're under stress, our B vitamins get diminished um, very quickly. When we have um, a, a cold or a flu, um, our body's need for vitamin C increases 10 to 100-fold. And that's, you know, that's huge. Mm. Um, so we really need to be feeding our bodies to support that immune system. Um, in contrast, we want to stay away from the foods that deplete our bodies of nutrients like um, refined carbohydrates, sugar, mm. because that, that has a, a distinct impact on, on the ability of our immune system to fight viruses and bacteria. Sugar versus the sugars that are naturally inherent in fruit. So, Well, or... I mean, even the sugars that are present in, in fruit. The thing about fruit is that fruit often comes with fiber and other things that will slow down the absorption of the sugar into the bloodstream. Um, and what we really want to avoid is those, those really um, sharp changes in our blood sugar levels in our body because when the blood sugar levels go up, our body responds by putting out insulin. Insulin then decreases um, the amount of human growth hormone that the body produces which then suppresses the immune system. So there's a tie-in there. What, what you want to do is keep your blood sugar levels on a pretty even basis to kind of prevent that suppression of the immune system. So what if someone says, well, I want to eat sugar and I want to eat these other things and I'll take in this, you know, growth hormone and I'll take these other extracts, extracts and I'll take this supplementation. Is that going to do it for them? Well, I'm sure you can modify it to some extent. I mean, I, um, you know, I... I I do tell people that, you know, if you if you had a choice between, you know, having a couple hard candies on an empty stomach, which is, you know, straight sugar, right, or, um, you know, grabbing a Snickers bar, yeah, technically that, you know, biochemically, the Snickers bar is actually going to do a little, you know, less damage. I'm not going to say it's going to be, you know, helpful. Really? It's going to do less damage because the presence of the fat and the protein with the peanuts and so forth, it's going to slow the absorption of the sugar. Um, so, you know, wait for weight, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's it's much better to, to pick a piece of fruit or, you know, green leafy vegetables, broccoli. There are so many foods that are really, really healthy for the immune system. And, and actually, Mainers have, Mainers have got it made because blueberries are, right. you know, incredible for helping support the immune system. And antioxidant. Antioxidant, exactly. Um, so any, any kind of berry. But um, so if you were to say your chief picks for foods that really feed and boost the immune system and you had a list, what would that list consist of? Of foods. Well, for in Maine, um, you know, I would look at blueberries mm -hmm. and elderberries. Elderberries are some great research coming out in elderberries. Yeah, elderberry syrups um, for mm -hmm. colds yeah. and coughs yeah. and flu because of the vitamin C content, right? Yeah, I, I, uh, I got a case of uh, elderberry syrup, and I actually gave it out to uh, all my family with small children uh, this Christmas. And, oh, yeah. Uh, research has shown that, that elderberry is actually effective against the H1N1 which I thought was um, 
Very, very apropos. Mm-hmm. So and you could you could skip the vaccine and take the elderberry. Well, well no, there'd be a controversy an in, on that. That's an individual but. <laughs> choice, but um, nobody in my family has ever gotten the the flu vaccine. Um, and elderberry, it, it tastes great. So the kids, it does. Kids love it. I, I've had it. It is. It's great tasting. And and actually, there's a company in Maine. Yes. That manufactures it. Yeah, is it Maine Health or Maine? I, I can't remember the name. I don't know, but that's I I remember buying it that, and I was like, oh wow, it's right here, made in Maine. Yep, great, local. Yep. And they're and they're trying to get more people in Maine to start growing organic elderberry. Is it? Do you know anything about the growing process? Is it difficult? I don't think I mean, it's we, that this is where we need the farmers on here to I tell think, us about this. Yeah, I th- I, I I think the areas that that support blueberries are are also supportive to elderberries. To elderberries, mm-hmm. that is great. Um, what what other foods? Other foods. Oh, broccoli. Um, you know, bro- broccoli has substances that will help decrease the risk for cancers. Um, uh, so, uh, broccoli, cabbages, um, any of the green leafy vegetables. Um, all of these provide nutrients. Um, uh, also, going for a variety of colors in your food, and I'm not talking about artificial colors. I'm talking about you know the natural colors in the foods. The mm-hmm. Reds, the yellows, the greens, um, they all provide with them different um, phytonutrients. And those are nutrients present in plants that, that support our immune system and support our body processes. And what about garlic? We always hear about how important garlic is. Um, it, garlic is great. Garlic is, is anti- antimicrobial. Um, it also helps support our good bacteria within our gut. It supports our um, gut immune system. But yeah. it has to be raw, right? Doesn't it have to be raw? I, I've, raw, I hear yeah. different things. Yeah, like if it's cooked, the properties is, are not yes. the the medicinal properties have been extracted from it. It's not yes. as raw. Is, raw is better. Raw so is better. Raw's got it. Yeah. And if you can't handle it, I always like my little recipe where you put it in honey. I don't know. Is that okay? <laughs> Chop it up, you put know, it in honey, and take it that way. Honey is antimicrobial too, and honey has has you know if it's raw honey has great uh, B vitamins. In fact, we just got two B boxes, and we're we're actually going to be getting our own honey in a oh, couple of years. Oh, that's great! Yeah, yeah. More and more, of the farmers are doing that mm-hmm. because they have those. I notice they have uh, always around Warren or whatever. There's quite a beekeepers community here in Maine, right. and they hold these uh, classes annually about teaching people how to keep bees. I think it's great. Um, what what other uh, what other in terms of supplementation? Let, let, let's segue into supplements. Um, is it is it important for a healthy immune system to supplement? Well, I feel it is. I, I supplement in my family. I do recommend my patients supplement, um, and this is because. Uh, you don't always know where your food is coming from. Uh, we do have soils that are more depleted, and you know if you're using a you know high quality vitamin, you can you can supplement what you may not be getting through your diet. And you know I think we're we're finding that our body requires much more than you know what was considered the RDA, the recommended daily allowance. Um, I mean, I have an issue with the RDA in that it's not an optimal amount of Isn't nutrients. Isn't it the minimum it's, it's standard? The, it's the minimum necessary to actually avoid uh, disease. For example, you know, the RDA of vitamin C, I think, is 60 milligrams, which is a minimal to prevent scurvy. Well, yeah. if you're looking at health as a continuum, 
and disease and death is on one side and optimal health is on the other. I don't want to be hovering around that that disease death yeah, border. Just above, I want to be just way above the on disease the other state. side. Right. right. So I'm going to I'm you know going to take more. I mean for vitamin C for example, you know I'd recommend, you know, 1000 to 2000 milligrams on a daily basis and if you're feeling milligrams or grams? Milligrams. Milligrams. Yeah, so 1000 milligrams 1 gram. Um, and then, if you're sick, they've they've shown that, for example, um, cancer patients, their need for vitamin C can increase to such that they're needing 10 grams a day. Right. Well, Linus Pauling mm-hmm. used Linus to say, Pauling, wasn't he yeah. the advocate of uh, yeah, 10, he did a lot 10 of, grams yep. a day? And he got a really heavy hits from uh, a lot of the, of not all of his uh, peers, but I mean, for a while, he was really the big pioneer and boat rocker. Where does that stand today? I mean, where do you stand on that? Well, Is 10 grams too much if somebody's like really ill? Or I, I know some people say it can cause diarrhea to take that much and that there are, could be other problems with that high of a dosage. Yeah, well, what I recommend is is, is doing it um, a level up to what's called bowel tolerance. So when you're getting too much vitamin C and your body doesn't need any more, it'll dump it through the stool and create loose stool. Okay. So when you start to get diarrhea from vitamin C, you've gotten to the point where you're taking more than you need. So back off a little bit. And is one form of vitamin C better than another? I mean, do you take a capsule? Do you take a tablet? Do you take, I know the emergency C packets are a gram. We see those all over the place. Yeah, actually, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, emergency. Um, my son did a, a study on um, electrolyte formulas, and he compared Gatorade with emergency and then another one called, uh, oh, it's a more natural one called Recharge. And... From his research, he felt that the emergency was actually better, you know, better as an electrolyte and, you know, Balancer. was low in sugar and had good amount of vitamin C. And you mix yeah, it with water. It's it's really convenient and, and kids love it. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of it. The, the only negative thing I could think of for it is that um, um, like chewable vitamin C and vitamin C that comes in contact with the uh, – teeth and the enamel on the teeth can can start to etch the enamel so you know if you drink a vitamin c drink or chew of chewable vitamin c rinse your mouth out afterwards with some fresh water and then if you rinse your mouth out with water with the with uh, water you're okay you can continue to take it that way. You don't think it's an issue then? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's an issue. It won't wear away the enamel. Okay, as long yeah. as you remember to rinse. Yeah, and, and I, I use vitamin C in capsules too. We have a, one in the office that's 1,000 um, milligrams, and it's, um, it's hypoallergenic. And are these typically like wheat-free, gluten-free? Are those the best? I mean, the, I, the one I have is, is actually a tapioca-based, so it's, um, it's gluten-free. corn-free and gluten-free, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Um, you... You, I wanted to ask you, I, we can continue this on the supplements, but how does one determine a good quality supplement? I mean, if well, you're out shopping, a, yeah. you know, how do you know? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, a, it's a huge question. Um, you really have to be, um, number one, good about reading the label. For example, so often I find that on a, on a label it might say a thousand milligrams of vitamin C and then you look on the back and it says serving size you know four equals a thousand but you know the way it's presented on the front of the label it makes it look like you only have to take one and so many times I've had patients come and say 
I'm getting X amount of calcium and magnesium. And I said, let me see your supplement bottle and how many are you taking? And, and when it's pointed out that they're not taking enough, I mean, it's, there is a lot of confusion there. And there are, there are certain forms of vitamins that are cheaper for manufacturers to make, um, but don't necessarily, um, they're not necessarily well absorbed. So the body has a, a tough time utilizing it. For example, cal- or, uh, magnesium oxide is, is um, uh, less readily absorbed by the body than, say, magnesium citrate or magnesium aspartate. So you might be purchasing it but, and taking it, but you won't be actually utilizing it. So, um, um, you know, Ask, you know, go to the health food stores, not the not the big box stores. Because okay. um, um, the big box stores have them pretty cheap. They're going to go for the, the cheaper raw ingredients. I mean, that's okay. just the way it goes. So that's <sighs> why there's this big price differential then. That, that is, often. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what what about uh, what what pops into my mind just now is the the now. I've seen that in the co-op. Yeah. And I like I like now. Because it's inexpensive company. but they mm-hmm. don't um but they're not super cheap and they don't and uh, what I the story I hear is that they don't pay big bucks in the advertising, mm-hmm. you know, but that it's a pretty reputable mm-hmm. uh, supplement. Yep. You yep. think so? Yeah, I think it is. Um I like um you know Rainbow Light is a yep. is a very reputable company that's out there. Um, uh, enzymatic therapy, Thorn, um, standard process. They do they do food based products. Um, yeah, those are those are sort of the those are the like the highlights, the, highlights, mm-hmm. the biggies. Um, so, in in what what else is on your list for? Uh, you talked about a. a you know, taking maybe a daily vitamin. Are there other essentials for the immune system? Vitamin C, I mean, D3 comes to my mind, Dr. Deb, because we know we're, (laughs) most of us up here, we don't get enough sun and also the, the, you know, the phobia about skin cancer and whatnot. So people aren't getting a lot of D3. Many of us are low. Right. Well, um, you know, I'll just tell you from, from the testing that I've been doing, I'll, I'll run a vitamin D test and it's just a simple blood test. Um, on most of my patients. And I have yet to find a single person who has normal vitamin D levels or adequate vitamin D levels without supplementation. And some of the ones I've found are unbelievably low. I'm shocked. Like in the the teens? Yeah, in the teens. And they're coming in with with depression, which is one of the primary symptoms. Seasonal affective disorder, too. Yeah, but not just seasonal. I mean, it's it's happening year-round. Like clinical depression? Yes. Whoa. I mean, it's it's year-round depression because of the fact that you're, you're never getting enough Vitamin D, even even in the summertime, so I'm finding people need a supplement. How, how what what you know? There's controversy. I I've been on the website with mm-hmm. the vitamin D console. Mm-hmm. They have one number, uh, Jeffrey Bland from Functional Medicine. They mm-hmm. have another number, mm-hmm. and then you know the doc- physician's office in allopathic medicine has another number. Theirs right. is typically the lowest I've seen in comparison when I when I've right. compared. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong though. And um, so how how do people know? What's what's the what's the ideal number when you're being tested, and how much should you take? Yeah, well, the standard lab values will say you need to be somewhere around thirty to eighty. I think it's um, I don't know if it's nanograms per deciliter. I think it's but nanograms the, if I'm remembering the, it right. The, so thirty to eighty. 
New research suggests that for Caucasians, we should be somewhere closer to 80 to 100. Yeah. And um, if I test, like, people in Maine, I, I have patients who are on 1,000 to 2,000 milligram or I, I use mm-hmm. a day, and they're only getting up into the 30s. So it's not enough, really. Yeah. And I've started stocking vitamin D that's 25,000 per capsule. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I I come from Oregon. Our vitamin D levels are low, too. Right. And and I supplement much higher amounts. And what I usually will do with patients is I'll 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 test them and see what their levels are. We'll start supplementing, and then we'll retest after about three months and see that they're getting enough because – the liver is supposed to store extra vitamin D for use when we don't have enough. Um, it stores about a month's worth of vitamin D. But if your liver isn't functioning well enough, if you're not digesting your fats well enough, because vitamin D is a, is a, is a fatty vitamin, then you may not be getting it. Um, and some people require vitamin D injections in order to get their vitamin D levels up. So really, it's pretty is individual. It, is it specifically vitamin D3? Or vitamin that D3 we're, is that the we're, one looking we're looking at. That's at. what they right. need, right? Right. So you're saying 20. Now, I know Mercola, you know, Mercola mm-hmm. on the website, Dr. Mm-hmm. Mercola. He, when the whole, during flu time, he was saying, hey, if you have a bad flu, you know, if you come down with the flu, 50,000 IUs a day for a few days can really help to boost your immune system. Sure. Sure. So I, sometimes I'm, I'm those high levels, where I know many uh, many other practitioners will sometimes be like screaming, 50,000, that's too much. You know, they get all worked up about it. But we're talking about a very small period of time. Right, and right. And, you know, you may not give that to somebody who, say, has liver damage. Um, and um, in terms of toxicity levels, the you know, the toxicity level is somewhere around 60,000 and and supplemented over a period of time. Um, it, it's a pretty high amount. Um, and again, if you're if you're if you're basing it on also testing to see what the levels are, you know that's you know that's that's a wise way to go. You're listening to Healthy Options, and my guest today is Dr. Deb, Deb Moskowitz, and she is the. Um, uh, she works at the Wellness Center in Camden, and um, the phone number to reach her is 230-1131, and web- website is wellnessdesignedinc.com. We're talking about you and your immune system and ways to keep your immune system healthy. We're going to take a brief break here on WERU 89.9 FM, And then we're going to open the line to callers. And I'm going to give you that call number to jot down if you'd like to, 1-866-625-9378. Again, 1-866-625-9378. We'll be back after a brief break.
Hi, welcome back. This is Cynthia Swan with Healthy Options. My guest today, Dr. Deb Moskowitz, and I'm glad Dr. Deb corrected me. It's wellnessdesigned.com. Sometimes I think I know English as a second language. <laughs> Wellness Designed, wellnessdesignedinc.com. Wellnessdesignedinc.com. Thank you for pointing out the obvious to me. That should have been obvious to me. Again, we're talking about uh, healthy immune systems. And uh, we were talking about food. We've been talking about supplementation. And, uh, okay, before we get to this next question, it looks like we do have a caller. So let's go ahead and, and take this caller. Welcome. And if you like, you can give us your uh, name, town, and, and your question or comment. Good morning. This Good morning. is Yo in Tremont. Welcome. I recently, I finally found a set of silver table service. And for the past few weeks, I have been eating my meals with a silver fork and a silver spoon. And I don't know if I'm kidding myself, but I feel better than I have in years. And I wonder if you could comment on silver and the immune system. Thank you. Well, I always wished I was born with a silver spoon <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Dr. Dev. Thanks. Oh. Gee, well, that's an interesting question. I mean, uh, certainly, um, you know, there's some research that suggests that colloidal silver, silver has an antimicrobial property. Whether or not eating off of silver flatware will actually get some of those silver molecules, you know, into your system, I, you know, I don't know. That is a good um, question. Uh, I mean, you think about Teflon pans. We told people not to cook right? with them. Exactly. Because exactly. of that. Well, I mean, certainly the plastics are, are, are a lot more volatile than, than uh, you know, a metal like silver, but that's, that's interesting. I mean, in the same way, you know, cooking from a cast iron pan and using, say, tomato sauce in it or something more acidic is certainly going to pull more of the iron out of it. So, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I'd love to see some research on that. Thank you. Let, let me dive into my next question. We've talked about naturopathic medicine. This is a natural for you. You said earlier, gut health. So if we eat the right things and we take the supplements, but we don't have a healthy gut, it's like, what is it, 80, 90% of your immune system is in your gut. What do, what do you do to keep your gut healthy? Yes, well, in, probably the, the, the thing that disrupts our gut immunity most is probably taking antibiotics. And... We have a normal bacteria within our gut that helps us digest and assimilate different nutrients. Uh, for example, lactobacillus and bifidobacterium that actually help our body absorb iron and B vitamins and um, help keep the mucosa in the gut intact. And you want that, that gut, you want your gut to be intact because if we absorb fuller proteins, what we're going to end up doing is actually stimulating our immune system to react against those proteins and cause an inflammatory response, which then, you know, lowers our immune system's ability to function. So keeping your gut healthy, you know, having proper digestion, having, um, you know, regular bowel movements, um, not being constipated, and again, not having diarrhea. Um, all these things are important, um, and one of the things that can help keep the good bacteria in your gut if you, if you don't want to, say, take probiotics by capsule is, 
you know, um, good live yogurt or fermented foods that will help um, support that bacteria within the gut. Does it matter if it's pasteurized? I know we get into the raw yeah. food issue, but... Yeah, well, pasteurization is... is it, it's it, As long as the bacteria are alive, that's one thing. That's the whole want. pasteurization and homogenization, that has more to do with... with um, um, the fats um, that are that are taken in with that with the milk products. Um, so as long as the the good bacteria has been added to the yogurt after the pasteurization. So as long as you've got those live cultures, got to be live. We have uh, another caller, and um, let's go ahead. Welcome, and if you'd like to give uh, your name and the town and uh, your question or comment. Uh, this is Jeff from Bar Harbor. Thanks for taking the call. Um, question about bioaccumulation. Um, we have low levels of arsenic in our well water, and uh, we're installing a uh, reverse osmosis filter on the kitchen sink. Um, but started thinking about, well, we use the same water to water the garden. Um, and then it just got me thinking about, hmm, well, we're watering the garden with the water, and plants are taking it out, and we're eating the vegetables. So, Good point. you know, what do you know about that? I'll take. I'll listen to the answer off the phone. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Um, yeah, bioaccumulation. Our plants can accumulate toxins. Our bodies accumulate toxins over time. Um, I'm actually a, a real fan of of working hard to um, get toxins out of the body on a regular basis. Um, a physician by the name of uh, Dr. Klinghart in Washington State that really suggests that you know we should be regularly trying to pull heavy metals and and toxins like arsenic out of our bodies and there's certain things we can do to support that. Um, since I'm a, not a plant biologist, um, I don't know just how much bioaccumulation certain plants um, do take up. I know. Uh, some plants have an ability to um, kind of uh, be resistant to some heavy metals, um, but others, I think, do tend to accumulate. I, I don't know mushrooms which do, ones. Right? I, I, I think we hear that I had Greg on for the, the mushroom expert. And yeah, I did think Greg was, say that they accumulate? I, I mm -hmm. believe so, yeah. And I, mm -hmm. I think Paul Stamets always says that, too, out in the Northwest. about That's why organic mushrooms are important, because they pull it up. They can actually pull out the environmental toxicants. But all right, sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, so, uh, so I'm not sure about you know your vegetable garden. I mean, I I water, you know, we water our garden from our well water too, and I've got to get it tested because you're right. The arsenic, you know, low lying arsenic levels in Maine is um, it's very damaging to um, our system, especially the thyroid gland. Um, and you and and it's a arsenic is an endocrine disruptor, so it it. Really, it messes with our hormones um, quite substantially, in fact. Um, even at those low levels, they're considered, you know, okay by the EPA. Um, so, you know, you, you did the right thing by getting a, a filter on your water, and, you know, we can do what we can do. Um, um, I, I do recommend if people think they have had exposure to get tested. Um, you can do a, a toxic urine element test, um, with um, um, after taking a chelating agent like a DMSA, 
and actually get a sense of what your biological load is in your body of mercury and arsenic and cadmium and you know lead, all these things that we find in high amounts in Maine, and actually work to decrease those levels. Um, can you do the decreasing through supplementation? Well, or you can do it through supplementation. Chelation therapy? Yeah, there's, there's, there's IV chelation. Um, you can do oral supplementation of chelating agents like DMSA. Cilantro is supposed to be cilantro another one. Cilantro is, is great. Um, um, you know, I often recommend taking cilantro and making like a pesto from it. Mm. Um, I'm not a big fan of of the taste of cilantro, but boy, when you mix it with with uh, garlic, it tastes really great. <laughs> then it's delicious. <laughs> it's delicious. We have. Uh, I I just want to make sure you're finished responding to that question. We've got another caller, and um, welcome. And if you'd like to give us your name in town and comment or question to Dr. Deb. Good morning. It's Sydney from Dover Foxcroft. Good morning, Sydney. I'd Hello. like to comment, if you would, on the use of plastic inside the body. And here I'm talking mainly of like surgical meshes and what a person can do to counteract the leaching of plasticizers directly into the body, since uh, all plasticizers are known, known endocrine disruptors. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, once it gets in there, how do you decrease your risk? Well, we have three detoxifying glands in the body. We've got the kidneys, we've got the liver, and we have our skin. Um, our skin by far is the biggest one, and one of the, the best things that we can do to help our body detoxify is to sweat. Um, that's the way our, our body helps pull out toxins. Um, so getting regular exercise um, to the point where you are sweating, um, making sure you get lots of fluids because the fluids will help drive those uh, substances out of the body, um, utilizing herbs to help um, improve liver function, like um, uh, dandelion is one that comes to mind. Um, you know, you can put dandelion in salads. It's great. Um, uh, making sure you get lots of fluid intake so your kidneys are well flushed. Um, um, so working on kind of keeping those aspects of the body healthy is, is important. There's also, there's lots of supplements that you can use to help support the liver's detoxification process. The liver has a, what's called a phase one and a phase two detoxification process. Um, so um, substances like glutathione help support phase two detoxification. Um, and then limiting other things that, that um, draw energy from the liver, like, um, you know, unnecessary medications or um, uh, alcohol, um, uh, other things that, that utilize those phase one and, two and phase two detoxification processes. The, the more you can allow them to be free to act on the, you know, the circulating plasticizers, uh, the better. Also, um, we talked earlier about the saunas. Mm -hmm. Hot baths with Masada sea salt or, or mm -hmm. salts because it pulls out anything yep. that would extract. Yep, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of of uh, salt baths, um, and uh, saunas. Um, we're certainly planning on having some saunas in our new wellness center because you know the, you don't get much um, access to that here in Maine. Yeah, a great great detoxifier. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of uh, the uh, the gut. We were talking about that earlier. Um, and again, we're welcoming calls at 1-866-625-9378. Um, in terms of the gut, there's that 
uh, protocol that talks about uh, apple cider, organic apple cider vinegar with water each time before a meal to help with um, digestion. And you want to comment on that and other uh, uh, cross-culturally what's done? Certainly. Um, yeah, taking a little bit of uh, apple cider vinegar with water before a meal um, acts to help stimulate the stomach in releasing hydrochloric acid, which kind of helps start break down um, the foods that we eat. Um, we have um, a, you know, a number, number of different substances that get released into the gut to help with digestion. Now, you know, it starts in the mouth with the amylase, which is an enzyme that helps break down the sugars. Um, you chew the food well, that starts the breakdown process. It gets to the stomach, hydrochloric acid is dumped in, and that helps break down the proteins. Once it empties out of the stomach, then the pancreas releases pancreatic enzymes to help break down the proteins. Your gallbladder releases bile salts to help break down the, the fats. So we have this process of being able to sort of break down our foods into the smallest particles, which are essentially the nutrients that we need to then um, utilize in our body and absorb. Yet if you're, not, if you're not getting that good digestion, if you're, say, popping Tums, which um, suppresses your hydrochloric acid, then you're not getting that, that breakdown. So uh, cider vinegar will, will help with that digestion. And it's, and it's actually, it's, it's common for a lot of other cultures to use digestive aids before a meal, like little, you know, pickled tidbits um, that you eat that, that are actually digestive aids that help support the body in, in preparing for a meal, it gets those gastric juices going. And here in the, the, the States, you know, what do we start our meals with but a big basket of bread, um, which does absolutely nothing to help, you know, support our digestion. In fact, uh, you know, diminishes it. Mm, thank you. Thank you for that. We have a couple callers here in waiting. So um, welcome and uh, welcome. And if you'd like to give us your name and the town you're from and your question or comment. Uh, my name is Greg. I'm from Rockland. Hi, Greg. I'm just wondering what your credentials are because I keep hearing information which is scientifically inaccurate. Um, well, um, want me to tell you what is, what I heard that was wrong? Yeah, and what your credentials are. Um, well, I have a degree in engineering and I've studied biology and stuff um, and anatomy and physiology. Uh -huh. And I know that the kidney is a much better detoxifier than the skin. That was inaccurate. Well, I, I, I didn't. But I have another one too. You mentioned that. I mean, I know there's an issue with plastics and plasticizers and those things getting in the environment, but you also said that plastics are more, are less, are more volatile than metals. Metals are way more mm. a problem because you just, any metal, unless it's like a stainless metal or gold, gives off metallic ions all the time. So that's not accurate either. So the guy that talked about silver, he's getting silver in his diet, and if he's using plastic, he'll probably get plasticizers in his diet. So those things... Those are not accurate statements scientifically. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. I, I was probably a little bit too broad on that. I don't. Yeah. I didn't think that I actually said that that the, the skin was. May I people. may I finish, please? I I didn't think that I said skin was necessarily better than the kidney, kidneys. It was. It's a larger organ of detoxification than the kidneys are, and in terms of the volatility of plastics versus metals. You're absolutely right. There's a whole array of volatil volatility yeah. of different metals. It's not really volatility. It, it's more solubility or it's 
Have All right. A, okay, Greg, okay. let's give Dr. Deb a chance. Right. Go ahead, please. Yeah, so, uh, yes, I was, I was probably a little bit too too broad. But there are certain plastics that do have a lot more. Oh, that, um, I, I agree plastics are an issue. Yeah. I'm just okay. saying that metals are also an issue. And you shouldn't tell people that metal is safe and plastic isn't. Oh, I wasn't. By, by no means did I say metal is safe. In fact, I think I, I did mention that, you know, we are exposed to a lot of lead. I can't tell you how many patients I have who have uh, lead exposure and contamination in, in mercury and okay. arsenic. No, it is a big problem. No, and I then, agree with that. All right. I just just wanted to clarify those things. I get worried when people... People come on, they say they're, well, I mean, are you a doctor? Yes, I'm a naturopathic physician, four-year doctoral program in Portland, Oregon, and that was after my undergraduate degree in biology and physiological psychology. All right, but it's not med school, right? It is medical school. It is medical school, a naturopathic physician. And, you know, I have had so many NDs on the program that sometimes I forget to talk about your um, background in terms of educational background in the course of study. Maybe this is a good time for you to bring that up. Sure. Well, in, um, it's a four-year uh, program of study. Uh, first two years are identical to what's called allopathic medical school, which people would go to to get an MD. Um, I chose naturopathic medicine because it focused more on preventive medicine, and the philosophy is more to work with the body as opposed to be working more on the... Um, um, disease end of, of the spectrum. So my interest was really in biochemistry and how we can keep people healthy by working with the immune system, you know, with nutrients. Um, I How to prevention is worth a pound of cure. Absolutely. absolutely. I agree. All right. Well, thank you, for, uh, thank you for your comments. You're welcome. And we have another, thank you, Dr. Deb, for that. We have another caller. And if you'd like to give us your name and town and your comment or question. Paul Swanson from Brooklyn. Welcome. And my uh, question is simplest. Uh, does the doctor have any comments? Paul, uh, sorry, I think you've got to speak up. We, we can't quite hear you. <coughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. Now uh, we can. Does the doctor have any specific recommendations on um, herbal or natural treatment for diabetes type uh, adult onset? Okay, that's really beyond the scope of the show, but oh, I'm, I'm okay. going to give you, you, you a couple minutes to go, go ahead because we have another caller waiting. Yeah, there, there are some uh, um, herbs that can help regulate blood sugar. Um, you know, I, I would specifically look at some of the Ayurvedic herbs. There's um, uh, a substance called, um, um, what's it, Google. It's, um, it, it's called uh, Sugar Buster. Um, it's, a, it's a fruit, in, isn't in it? Turmeric. I believe it's a fruit. I think it's a fruit. Um, but uh, there are some herbs and, and foods that will help um, modify um, blood sugar levels and help keep blood sugar levels in more control. So those would be the ones that, that I'd look at. Okay. Thank you. Sir. Thank, thank you. And thank you for bringing that. That's a topic for a whole other show, I think, too. Um, welcome to our caller. And if you'd like to give us your name and the town you're from. Yeah, this is Don. I'm calling from Bucksport. Um, I have a question about a specific ailment that I've been dealing with for about a year and uh, have used traditional methods, and now I'm trying herbal methods, and I have a question uh, around a fungus infection, uh, probably athlete's foot. 
Um, do you know anything about a vinegar um, herbal soak for that, or what do you what do you what do you usually recommend to your patients with that with that ailment? Oh, athlete's foot. That's that's a a tough one. Yeah, it um, is. Yeah, and and the the tough part is that you 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 have to treat it pretty consistently. Um, uh, because what happens is the the fungus can get within the um, you know within the the, the skin. Um, so things that would help would be um, you know certainly limiting uh, sugar within uh, simple car- carbohydrates in the diet um, because that can increase fungus growth. Um, making sure your feet get out of your shoes and socks for a while and get exposed to UV light uh, that can be supportive. Um, gosh, there's, um, you know, there's, uh, uh, therapy that's been used in India, which is really, it's soaking your feet in your own urine. Yeah. And it's the urea that, that helps decrease fungal growth, yeah. but get someone to do that for months on end. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about, um, what popped into my mind was usnea, old man's beard, because that's a fungus. Mm-hmm. And what about putting that in a bath, getting the tincture or the fresh and crushing it, putting yeah, it in a bath? If, if you did like an usnea tea and, and, um, and did a foot soak with, with that, um, and then you know, the, and there's, you know, the other thing is that the funguses work better on a, in a moist environment too. Right. You know, you so you want to get your feet to be able to, to dry out some. Right. Um, yeah. No, it's it's. Well, I've tried most of most of what you're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it, it's it's maintaining. It's it's not getting it's not growing anymore, but mm-hmm. it's been a significant infection for a long time. Um, what about D levels for something like? Uh, yeah, because D yeah, looking at just vitamin D three levels. Yep, just looking at at um, you know other ways you can support your immune system internally. Yeah. Okay. Have you heard anything about a a uh, bleach <laughs> soaking your foot with water and bleach? Have you heard anything about that? Or what do you think? Uh, well, bleach is really caustic to okay. the skin, okay. and you know I wouldn't go that route. Okay. What about a vinegar? What about a vinegar vinegar solution? Do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's much more appropriate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. I appreciate your help. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Bye-bye. We have another caller and um, welcome if you'd like to give your name in town and question or comment. Yeah. Uh, Al from Trenton. Hi, Al. Uh, hi. I just heard uh, the uh, caller calling about foot and uh, I found that uh, Mercuricoma or Mercuriclear is excellent. It's worked for me time in very short order. It's a drying agent. Uh, I found up uh, finding it has multiple uses for that kind of purpose on uh, things that like moisture. I, uh, uh, Massachusetts General had used it on me for uh, as a drying agent to keep an area where I had to graft uh, uh, take it, and, uh, and I and I've, I found it very useful. All right, yeah, that's that's a great tip. You know, it's just like you know when we have mold in our house, you know, the, the you know primary way to get rid of it is is take care of the moisture. Well, thank you, thank you for your comment. You're welcome. We have another caller. Uh, welcome. If you'd like to give us your name in town. Hi, um, I was calling from Monroe, and I'm getting an echo. I have to shut my radio down. Can you hold on a second? <laughs> yeah, you'll need to shut it down. 
While she's shutting it down, you're listening to Healthy Options. Dr. Deb Moskowitz, naturopathic physician, is my guest today, and we're talking about you and boosting your immune system, and we are taking callers. Are you back? Yes, I am. Okay. Thank you. Okay, I wanted to um, make a recommendation for a, a nail fun- fungus soap. It worked really well for athlete's foot for me, and um, it's called nail fungus soap, and it's a herbal remedy. Um, and it's basically made up of eucalyptus, peppermint, um, horsetail, and lavender. But um, the company, it just says nail fungus soap. There's a phone number for it, um, 800-635-5009. And um, they recommend you use it with vinegar. I use boric acid. And it was terrific. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you for I your want comments. To put that out. Thank yeah. you, yeah, Doctor Deb. You want to say anything? Well, I'll just comment on the fact that it has lots of uh, essential oils, and the essential oils um, are antimicrobial and antifungal. Thank you. And we have uh, another caller here. Yes. And if uh, and if you'd like to give us your name in town and and your question. Yep. Um. This is Pete over in Surrey, and that guy with the uh, rancid feet. I, rec- I recommend that he he goes down to the South Blue Hill Wharf in Blue Hill, hang his feet over, catch a bunch of mackerel, and then wear cotton white socks and change his shoes daily. Do not wear the same shoes. Really? Okay, Pete, what, why? You uh, because yourself. they never dry out. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, reinfection. Thanks, Dr. Deb. Okay. Well, right. thank you for that tidbit. You betcha. <laughs> I, I, uh, and we have, I believe we have another caller. And um, so welcome caller, uh, name and uh, town and your comment to Dr. Deb. Uh, hi, yeah, this is Dave Putnam from Brooklyn. Um, I just uh, wanted to share a, a Natural remedy that I stumbled on, uh, some of what you've been saying has reminded me of, I, I think, you know, my little editorializing, as much as we can do of our own making of supplements and not have to buy them, uh, the, the, the merrier we'll all be. And uh, I uh, do quite a bit of work in an orchard and uh, frequently have to uproot dandelions with a good deal of uh, care so as to get the whole root. And I've taken to uh, stuffing them in my back pocket, twisting the tops off and stuffing the roots in my back pocket. I, I take them home and that very day uh, scrub them pretty thoroughly in the sink. And I've discovered at different times of the year the, uh, the outer skin seems to peel off. It's a very thin outer skin. seems to peel off quite easily. And uh, it's, it's not that hard to wash them. And then I cut them into uh, uh, three or four inch lengths. I pickle them. Um, ah, okay. I put them in vinegar with some dill and some garlic, uh, apple cider vinegar, of course. And I let them sit in there until uh, I eat them up. And um, they are a remarkable digestive aid, of course. Mm-hmm. And the pickling uh, makes them very tender and uh, tasty. And I don't have to worry about drying the dandelions and making the decocting the tea and boiling and Toiling and moiling and all that, I just, just pickle throw, them right up. Wash and, them and put them right in there. Wash them, put them in the vinegar, 
put the lid on. I, I have a bottle going all the time, you know, and, and I cut them to be the same length as the depth of my bottle and stuff them in. And when that bottle's full, I get another bottle. And, you know, I, I eat them a lot, and they're, they're really helpful. Oh, that I sounds find. great. I think that's a great idea. I'm, I'm going to have to try that. You don't do a hot bath. You don't immerse them in a hot bath like no, you do when you're canning. No, I do that? No. You I mean, it's in vinegar. You know, it's, it's in vinegar. vinegar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you don't refrigerate it or you do? Nope. You don't refrigerate it? Again, it's in vinegar. The vinegar takes care of all that stuff. Okay, great. Great. Yeah. Thank you for your comment. Sure. So, Dr. Doctor, I've been um, speaking with Dr. Deb Moskowitz, and we've been talking about you and your immune system. Um, I want to give uh, Dr. Deb's contact information. It's Wellness Designed INC is her um, website, Wellness Designed INC, Natural Family Medicine. She's currently at the Wellness Center, but is opening an integrative wellness center uh, in Camden. In September. In September. And also, you've got a program coming up. You want to talk to the listeners about that at your space? Sure, yes. We, uh, we recently added, I have a, a colleague who's joined me, Dr. Barbara McDonald. Um, she's a naturopathic physician as well as a Chinese herbalist and acupuncturist. And she will be giving a lecture at our office tomorrow night from 5 until 6. So Thursday, July 8th, 5 to 6. And afterwards, from 6 to 7, we're going to have um, a um, reception at our offices with um, some uh, healthy treats and have an opportunity to uh, talk with Dr. Barbara and myself and um, learn more about the integrative center we're, we're doing. Um, and Dr. Barb's lecture is uh, how genetics and lifestyle choices affect your health, mood, and response to medications and environmental toxins. I hope you'll join us. Thank you. And that's at 69 Elm Street uh, at Camden, in Camden at the Wellness Center, 2301131. I want to thank you, Dr. Deb, uh, for being on the program talking about the immune system. I want to thank uh, Amy Brown for engineering this show. And thank you, listeners, uh, for your questions and your comments. Uh, and uh, wishing all of you uh, a healthy day. This is Cynthia Swan for Healthy Options. Thank you very much for listening.